so hi one of the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with joey from the used what's right. up guys we're gonna Woo! ask him some questions today i'm gonna start uh so what inspired you to kind of get into music and how did the opportunity to join the used come about oh man those are two big questions wrapped <laughs> yeah. into one really quick question um i got into music because my older brother was super into performing uh, much like kind of everything else I did as a kid, I followed in my older brother's footsteps. Aww. So when he played baseball, I had to play baseball. When he played football, I had to play football. Mm-hmm. You say, ah, oh, but I did it because I wanted to be better than him. Oh, <laughs> were you? <laughs> but yeah, I can were you? better than you. Yeah. Uh, he's five years older than me. But um, yeah, he got into music and, and joined a band when he was a kid, when he was in like ninth grade. And um, I was five years younger and kind of just peeking over the fence, watching him do his thing. And, and I got into it shortly after that. When I when I was in the sixth grade, I picked up guitar and and uh, never looked back. Hell yeah. Awesome. And then the other question, also a big question. Yes. Um, I joined the youth just over three years ago. Uh, they had a role that needed filling and, and I was not in a band at the time. So. I got an opportunity to audition and went and jammed with the guys and it went super well. And in the blink of an eye, we put a record out and we've been, uh, yeah, I've been doing our thing for the last few years on top of their many, many, many years as a band. Oh yeah. Solid. I love it. So how did you yeah. hear about that? Was it just like out in the open, like, Oh, we need this spot filled or did somebody tell you like a friend of a friend? Uh, it was kind of like through the grapevine kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you always hear whispers of what's going on. That's kind of something that I've always done in my my career in this industry is is kind of just, you know, bob and weave with wherever I'm needed, wherever I can can fit in and help. So mm-hmm. I heard that they needed a guy through some super random sources, we'll say. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it just kind of played itself out. It was really cool. That's awesome. Glad you got that opportunity. Yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> So congratulations on your newest release, Heartwork. It's been out for a year now. How do you feel the response to it so far? Uh, It's been really cool. Um, Obviously weird being home for a year on a new Mm -hmm. record. We've all been talking about it forever. We're not used to this, but it's been a really unique experience to get to connect with fans Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of be more available for the behind the scenes stuff and and getting to do more podcasts and, and just talk about it and expand that horizon so it's been really cool people have loved love the uh have been saying they love the album it's been very positive i haven't seen too many negative things i have seen it it's which is good you got to see the negative but yeah people have mostly been really positive about the record and i think um you know i kind of think the lyrical content lent itself very well to the situation that we've been in the last year yeah and that's not something that we set out to do i mean we finished the record before all this came to light but um you know music has a way of doing that art has a way of doing that and and you know the world kind of presented us with this problem that i felt like this record fit in very well too so Mm -hmm. i'm honored to have been a part of a record that people got to sit with and and really dive into for the last year yeah uh it was one of my favorite records of last year and i'm glad you guys dropped it when you did Mm -hmm. and not like decide to hold on to it is it, it gave something yeah. to listen to while we yeah, were all locked that was inside. A conversation. I mean, it's hard, you know, we, we had a lot of big plans for touring and, and mm-hmm. things that we wanted to do around promoting the album. But ultimately I think, you know, we stuck with our initial plan. The record came out when we had said we wanted it to come out. So, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad people got to, got to live with it, you know, and we'll try to get out 
hopefully later this year and and definitely next year and go play these songs oh yeah definitely uh so as we mentioned you guys did release this at the very beginning of the pandemic what was it like navigating through that album rollout when you guys have never done anything like that before and without like shows live streams really anything well it kind of hit us out of i mean kind of out of nowhere because we had just finished the tour right as the lockdown happened we were we were on tour still in march and um you know we had had a couple songs already out and the record was getting ready to drop and we basically were like all right guys see you in see you in a month you know to start the new tour Mm -hmm. we go home and we hear that it's going to get moved a little bit so we're like no big deal record's about to drop we'll you know we'll be on tour a month after the record drops it'll be fine Mm -hmm. so we kind of didn't even get the opportunity to pivot one way or the other anyway we just kind of like went home and then we still haven't seen each other since so Mm -hmm. that's been really crazy but we've also done a lot of fun things since we've been home we've done a lot of um you know really limited edition merch drops and we've got to do a lot of really creative things with fun artists and we dropped a couple videos and um yeah, we've we've done what we can, just like anyone else. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so you guys actually have four features on this album. How did those come about? Uh, we were working with a lot of different people, co-writing songs throughout the whole process at, at Feldman's house. Um, yeah, I mean the features just kind of kind of felt their way into the whole thing so naturally. I mean, we wrote some songs with Mark. Mark Hoppus mm-hmm. and it obviously it just made sense when he sang the part it made sense and and he was stoked to do it too so um, obviously honored to have him on a song same thing happened with Travis mm-hmm. you know Travis came in and helped work on the song that we did with um, JP Clark as well and yeah it just made sense it was like dude you you know you contributed this much let's have you play on the song and um, those two were great um, Caleb you know obviously Caleb from Beartooth we had reached out to him they were on tour and we were in the studio working on the record and we kind of had a timeline that we needed to get to really quick and um you know reach out to caleb and he was super excited he ended up doing it like the day or so after we sent him the track Whoa. and he recorded his part backstage before he went on stage to play a show wow which oh is God. like psycho. you don't do that <laughs> yeah you, caleb would do that, you know and he probably crushed that show too yeah he's an mm-hmm. animal but yeah, the, the features were, were insane. It was such an honor to have so many talented people play on our album. And, um, you know, working with, with Feldman on the record was crazy. And super proud of these songs. I think they all, you know, individually, each one of the songs really has its own life and has its own world built around it. So super proud. Hell yeah. As you should be. It's a banger. Uh, so can you tell me just a little bit about the writing process for this record in general? Yeah, I mean, it was for me, obviously, my first album writing with the used, um, you know, I was really interested to see how things were going to go. I've been writing one way for the last 20 years, and and it's not the same way that John Feldman writes, you know, so yeah. getting in the room with him was was like the coolest thing in the world. I've been a fan of this band forever. I've been a fan of so many bands that Feldman has produced. Um, so to get to kind of be a part of it at this point was such a cool experience in its own. Um, but yeah, as far as the writing process, you know, we would show up to John's every day with nothing. We would just kind of like walk in blank slate and, you know, pick up either an acoustic guitar or sit down at a piano or, or just, you know, kind of start chatting about our morning or whatever it is. And then something would inspire us and a song would, would start to take form just with like, you know, playing a few chords on the acoustic, playing some chords on a piano, kind of humming a melody. 
Um, and then like magic, it just kind of like one spark would happen and we're off to the races, you know? And, and the crazy thing with writing was, you know, we would start writing the song in the early afternoon and, and, you know, by the middle of the night, the song is pretty much finished, you know, mm -hmm. lyrics and melodies and, and everything recorded. And, you know, after that first day, we're just kind of cleaning the song up, but it's written and it's recorded. And, um, it was something that, that was inspired in that moment and that day. And, you know, once it was there, we didn't want to mess with it. So that was a very unique experience for me. Uh, first time I've ever done stuff like that. And it was, you know, we wrote a hundred times cooler songs than I had ever written before. So yeah, totally knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. As you mentioned that this is your first album that you've written with the used, uh -huh. was it difficult kind of finding your spot in that writing process or did it all just kind of happen naturally? It was pretty natural. Um, you know, I obviously, I was pretty nervous in, in certain situations coming in. They've been doing this together for a really, really long time. Yeah. I didn't want to mess anything up. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, about a year before we started recording the record, we had kind of been working on stuff the band would fly out here to San Diego and we would work at my studio and, and just kind of practice recording songs and working on little pre-production ideas. Um, so we kind of worked through all the growing pains during that time. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got in with John, it, you know, it felt like I've been in the band forever and we all communicate really well. And um, yeah, it was, it was honestly one of the coolest experiences of my life. And, and as bros, like we, we got real close and we went through a bunch of highs and lows in the studio and it was uh, definitely an experience I will never forget for sure. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell me where your headspace was at while you were creating this record? Oh man. Um, we were in a lot of different places, you know, I think, um, there's a certain level of, of these songs that, you know, relate really personally with Bert and an experience that he's going through. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think it was, for the four of us, it was kind of this like giant therapy session, you know, a bunch of old dads getting together to make a record. And I think we got to like, you know, step outside of our lives a little bit and, and evaluate the, the really good things and the really bad things. And um, those conversations and those like bro downs, so to speak, before we would start writing a song each day, I think really influenced each song individually. And you can tell when we were having a really happy day and we were just like, you know, we're going to write a pop song today and you can yeah. tell we're having kind of a dark, dark day, dark week. And, um, you know, that's something I think is so important with art. And we were blessed with an opportunity to capture it with all these talented people in the moment, you know, and, and really all you have to do is just talk and en engulf yourself in the emotions of what you're going through in life. Like we all are, mm -hmm. uh, and then just capture it. So, yeah, it was for me where, where I was at was, uh, you know, a kid in a candy store, a bit overwhelmed with, you know, just life in general, like new dad joining this band, getting to do all of these amazing things. I think I was extremely appreciative and a little bit um, in the beginning, I think I was a little tentative with getting super involved, which I think was a good thing. You know, mm -hmm. by, the, by the end of the record, I felt really like I was a part of the team and uh, the songs kind of follow that journey too. So that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that you just, you fit in, you know, it wasn't like a, a bad process. It wasn't like clunky, like getting you to no fit in. No bad vibes. No All bad good vibes. Stuff. Yeah, they're, they're like my brothers now. It's really cool. Love those guys. Good. Uh, Good. So what song on this record is your favorite and which one took the longest to come together? Ooh, um, 
I will, let's see. It's kind of been like this recently. I'll default to, to kind of my OG favorite right now has been the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love uh, how that song came together, I think was really cool. You know, I, w- I was kind of just sitting in the back of the studio after we had had lunch uh, and I picked up the acoustic guitar and I just kind of started playing a riff and Feldman walked in like, oh, that's that's a really cool riff. Let's just record that real quick. So we have it, you know, and I just walked in this, the studio. We, we tracked this riff real quick. And then, um, you know, Mark and Bert walked in and, and everyone just immediately was like, oh, I have some ideas. Here's where this should go. And it just kind of took off and, and took form so fast. And, you know, that was that was such a fun experience writing that song with Mark Oppis, you know, because he's like, it's Mark from Blink. You know, we're going to yeah. write some fun, cool, happy, quippy song. Um, but what we did is write a, you know, a really deep song and, and something that, um, really resonates. And I love that. And I'm glad we got to have him sing on that song. It was really cool, but that's been one of my favorites. I think it's just stuck in my head all the time when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, raking the leaves or whatever I'm doing. I just get that one in my head. The dad chores. <laughs> Last year, dad chores. Exactly. Yeah. You know, dad stuff. Uh, and, uh, and the longest to come mm-hmm. together. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, I want to say that um, "Bloody Nose" might been one of might have been one of those songs where, you know, I think at first when we wrote that, I think we were all kind of on the fence if it was something that we even liked, hmm. and I think the melody and the vocals, everything was completely different the first kind of like version of that song, and towards the end of the writing process, you know, when we were kind of going through B sides and trying to figure out what we wanted to to spend our time on. Um, that was one of those that came up. Dan was super adamant. He's like, this is, this has so much potential. We just need to fix it, you know? So yeah, yeah, we ended up, I think, reworking the majority of that song and it turned into one of my favorite songs. Um, And it was, it was something that before we, you know, redid the whole thing, it it might not have made the record. It might've just kind of been like, oh, we, we kind of missed it a little bit. Maybe we'll write another one. Uh, but Dan, you know, Dan was like, no, 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 like, let's really focus on this. Let's see what we can do. And it turned into a really, really cool song on the record. One that I think we'll be able to play live and that'll be super fun live. And yeah, but there's so many songs on the record. I mean, I could say that about a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. was so, there 48 songs on the album. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh uh, so there, I got a couple of follow-up questions. You brought yeah. up B-sides. Are there any plans to release any of those? um nothing that i know of so that doesn't mean that there isn't but uh no i haven't i I haven't heard anything about that yet i know we want to get back out and start playing some shows and Mm -hmm. and get a chance to to promote this record a little bit but you know there's always new music coming all right not sure when but there's always new music coming sometime soon uh and then do you have a favorite lyric off this album by chance Ooh. um Oh man, you should have prepped me for this one. <laughs> Sorry about Favorite that. Favorite lyric. Uh, man, I, I honestly offhand, I, I don't even know. I like my brain can't handle the question. It's just exploding <laughs> with everything from the album right now. I will get back to you on that one. But right now, I literally wouldn't even know what to say. Paradise Lost in Your Eyes is pretty darn good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? We'll stick with that. Paradise Lost in Your Eyes. I really like that. Okay. But to pick a favorite lyric is so tough. I mean, the 
to be in the room and, and to be a part of watching the record come together and these songs and these lyrics and, and the stories and how we got from A to B is such an incredible experience. So each lyric to me holds not just like a meaning within the song, but it really does hold a memory of getting to make the record. So, um, I mean, that's a complex question with zero answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> you were skating by too easy. I had to drop one you. like that. <laughs> and since you brought up like each one holds a memory, what's one of your favorite memories from creating this record? Um, man, there were so many like, there, there wasn't necessarily big moments and big like, man, that's crazy that that happened kind of things. But I, I think just the ultimate bro downs all the time and sister downs too. I mean, we had, there was a bunch of people in there, but uh, just the, the camaraderie of, of making a record and kind of the vibe that everyone had the whole time was so strong and posy, you know, it was just like, mm -hmm. it really did feel like, you know, that feeling when you're a kid and you go to camp and you come home from camp and you just feel like you're revamped and you're just like, all right, I can take on the world. I just needed yeah. like, like a refresher, like making this record, you know, with a bunch of, um, you know, all of us are these like broken men and we get to go out and pour out our emotions and things that we don't generally get to do as like dudes, mm -hmm. um, to get to go do that together for, for a month, two months and, and record it and capture it and then share it with the world is such a cool experience and cool, like vulnerability that not a lot of people get to experience. So, I mean, his favorite memory is, is genuinely just driving up every day and, and pulling up into John's house at one o'clock and seeing the other three dodos in my band standing there by the cars <laughs> and we walk up and, you know, getting ready to make our rock and roll record. And um, just the simple things, man, just getting to see everyone every day and shooting hoops in the backyard and, and then making songs that we get to share with the world forever. So. I like that answer. That's very wholesome. <laughs> God. All right. Be wholesome. I need to be, I gotta be tough guy one of these days. Nah, nah. <laughs> Uh, so while listening to the record, what band or artist influences pop out the most to you? Ooh, um, I think I was listening to, I was listening to a lot of Bon Iver while we were making the record. Um, kind of a lot. And I have like this weird playlist of just awesome vibey songs that I kind of had on repeat the whole time. But influences is tough because I feel like every day... You know, when you pick up a guitar and you're trying to write something from scratch, it's like something subconsciously has definitely crept its way into my brain mm -hmm. before I start playing some sort of chords. I'm not sure that like my I was kind of being influenced by anything directly while we were making the record consciously anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I not a ton of album listening while you're making the record either. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like if you're not in the studio creating you're sleeping so mm -hmm. um but yeah i know jeff had a lot of like weird jazz on that we would bump like to and from the studio that was a trip um and you know what i want to say that that we listened to some pretty crazy spanish stuff that that may have had some influence on on a couple of the songs that we did for sure <laughs> now the record's okay. getting old i like, can't remember all of these these answers but yeah man i mean every day it was just like working with some new writer that has some new um, background and and whatever we threw together was just like the weirdest thing we would have never come up with on our own anyway. Mm -hmm. So just influenced by everything and everyone and depending on the weather that day even, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. 
I was not expecting you to pull out Spanish music and jazz and inside those. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff has the most eclectic uh, taste in music ever, and everything he shows me is wildly interesting and unique and cooler than anything that I show him, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely keeps everything fresh. Yeah, yeah. Jeff's a fresh dude. Uh, so is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through this album? All of them, every single one of them, you know, I think that's the idea of music, right? Like, especially with the youths and our family and our fans, I think a lot of us are, you know, rebuilding, you know, coming from a broken past of some sort and trying to rebuild and, and using this community as a family um, to do that. So I think with every used record, even, and this is my personal experience growing up being a fan of the band, but when you listen to a used album front to back, like it's a journey, not, you know, not just for your ears. It's not just ear candy, but I mean, if you really dig into what's being said and talked about is, is so personal and so, you know, deeply meaning, meaningful on a lot of levels. So um, I would expect every emotion to be had when listening to our records. And that's, a, I mean, that is definitely a pretentious answer but I think I stand behind it. You know what I mean? I, this band, that's, that's the idea. The idea is to really pull at your heartstrings in, in every different way and get you to think about, you know, what's important. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you guys have like a legacy. So having a pretentious answer is like, exactly. it's completely okay in this regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you burned it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you burned it. yeah. I love uh, it. So this one should be super, super fast off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will say okay. anthemic. Okay, that's good. I will but, say yeah. this is tough. You guys have tough questions. All Thank right. you. Anthemic, <laughs> I will say that it is questionable. Okay. And I will say that it is it is a staple. Ooh. All right. Those are good. I oh. can respect those. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. good, huh? good. All right. Good job on that. I feel good. I stand behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're in another project, A Static Lullaby. You joined for the reunion shows oh. in 2016. <laughs> did you forget? I, I, no, I, I, I did. I did play. Uh, I did a couple tours with that band. Yeah. Okay. I, I did it with them. I played bass and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Those are, those are buds for sure. Is there anything else it's coming out of there? I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm the last guy to ask what's going on in that camp. But as far as I know, I don't know. All right. Okay. We just figured we'd ask about something other than the used. Yeah. I didn't want to just be <laughs> yeah, the used. No, no, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of weird stuff. I manage bands. You guys know The Undertaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Bands. I work with them. They're awesome. Bands. Yeah, we got some we questions like about management a little bit later down. We do. <laughs> cool. Carry right. on. Uh, so do you have any pre-show rituals? Ooh, um, I, we, we do. We end up playing the entire set that we're going to play that day. We play the whole set before we go out on stage. So in our dressing room, we have these little practice amps and little practice mm-hmm. drums and the whole thing. And we will play the whole thing start to finish and make sure that we're tight and we got everything that we want to do. And um, yeah. And then what do I do? I don't know. I put my in-ears in. I do some push-ups. We give each other a big hug and we run out on stage and freak out and lose our minds black out so you guys pretty much play two shows every single day except yeah. one isn't yeah. as energetic 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of something that we started to do when I joined the band. When we first started, I kind of just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to blow it for a little bit. And <laughs> so we did that. We planned on doing that for a couple of weeks and then we never stopped. And it's turned into something that I super look forward to. Everyone will get in there at different times to kind of jam. And then, yeah, we'll go through the whole set like an hour before we play. We'll kick everyone out of the dressing room and just <laughs> just the boys and get ready to play, focus up and, and then go rock and roll. I love so it. Wow, all right. Uh so what are your top 3 songs to perform live? Ooh, um I love playing I Caught Fire. I love playing Taste of Ink because it's just it's rare that we play that song and the crowd isn't louder than us. You know mm. what I mean? That's yeah. that's just a crazy experience. Um and then lately um I'll say Blow Me and Paradise Lost, yep. since they are the new songs that we were getting to play there at the end. Those were both so fun to play and went way harder than I expected. Having The song had just come out and people were losing their minds. So yeah, those ones are super fun to play. But a bigger answer is literally every one of the songs. The Used doesn't have a bad song. They're all so fun to play. You got That's the best answer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also the cop out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll cop out hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've been on the road for a long time uh, you know uh, what is your favorite tour memory oh my goodness mm-hmm. my favorite I have a lot I mean my first five years or so in this industry I was a merch guy I was selling t-shirts for a bunch of different bands so uh-huh. I mean I did a few warp tours where you know we're loading in at seven in the morning and we're out there till eight or nine at night every day and um, you know, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I worked with, uh, I worked with a band called Seosin for a long time, a band called Dredge. I worked for Thrice for a while. Um, all these bands that I think selling t-shirts and, and getting to make these memories kind of as the fly on the wall really influenced me where I am now and getting the opportunities I did to eventually play with the used, I think comes from being the little kid in the background with all these cool rock star guys that I just was lucky enough to sell their Mm t-shirts but i mean memories of selling merch was always awesome oh here's one here i won't cop out i'll give you a real memory uh when i was in hell or high water uh which is uh me and brandon Saller and and kyle rosa from atreyu um neil team and kyle peak john hoover maldi we got all these there's like a million members anyway We were on tour and we were opening up the uproar tour is what it was called. And we were the first band of 10 bands. Jesus. Eight hours every day to to play at one o'clock in the afternoon for whoever was there. But um, we were playing these crazy long drives every night and and driving ourselves. And uh, one of the nights we ended up crashing our RV on the way to the show. And it was really bad. Our trailer was like destroyed. We lost half of our gear. Uh, we had to like get a tow truck for everything. Everyone was okay. Okay, good. But we had, sorry, I had to leave you hanging there. <laughs> it's okay. Was okay. But we ended up having to take a tow truck to get the RV to the show. Uh, we bought a new trailer that day, load, like cross loaded the gear into the new trailer, got it to the show and like ran on stage in time to play our set um, so wow. that we didn't like miss out on getting paid that day. But I remember that was one of those, looking back on it now, that was one of those like, like 
most punk rock moments ever where we crashed and we almost all died and we still made it to the show and played the show. Yeah, that's know? fucking yeah. insane. And lost half your gear in the process. Yeah, lost a bunch of stuff, but you know, the tour was super, super gracious. They had a fundraiser for us and they had, um, you know, that's like classic music world. You know, when, when one of our own goes down, everyone picks up the slack. So uh, that was a really cool memory across the board. Not cool to crash. Not cool to go through that, but everyone stepped up and was super cool, and and we made the show, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah, Good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it had a happy ending. It wasn't just yeah, gonna end up. We crashed. Everybody <laughs> got hurt, and now I'm I still know, here. I got the mention real quick that everyone was was fine. Our tour manager did get; she got some bruises on her, and people were a little banged up, but ultimately everyone is okay. Mm -hmm. good okay uh so picture this you're on tour and you're at a gas station uh for a rest stop what is your go-to snack Ooh, that's a great question um uh sugar-free red bull i'll definitely most likely end up snagging when i'm in there mm -hmm. um i'm a big fan of of the gas station sandwich i know it's kind of dirt but i've okay. lived on them for a lot of years i've been doing pretty good but, you know, that's also a tough question because depending on where you're at in the U.S., some of these gas stations are like a five-star restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you can go in there and get – you're getting a BLT at the gas station, you know? Yeah. So, and it doesn't taste like shit. Exactly. No, not that bad. It's yeah. not that bad. I try to stay away from, like, the fast food option at the gas station. Mm -hmm. It's always, like, a no-no for me. Yeah. But a good sandwich, you know, good Subway stop, always a safe option. I think safe is the key word when you're at a gas station on tour. Yeah. You got to be careful what you eat because yeah. you're, you're living on a bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So something mellow like a sandwich is my go-to. All right. Definitely not the seafood. No seafood. That. No. I do know guys that will eat sushi anywhere in the world, and it always vibes me out. Gas station oh. sushi, not okay. No. Yeah. Not when you're on a okay. bus together. Not exactly. Yeah. Bus. Not for me, man. No, 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 no. You can hang yourself out the window, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as you mentioned before, you have a management company. Uh, what inspired you to start that? And what is your favorite part? Um, what inspired me to start it is uh, one of my oldest friends, Cove Reber. He started a new band called Dead American. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he and I have worked on stuff forever. We used to play in a band together when we were in high school and, um, he was trying to get it off the ground and I was just kind of started helping him anyway. So it just kind of turned into, you know, he was just like, oh yeah, Joey's my manager now. So like, okay, I guess I'm a manager. And then, yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. And, and I, then I started working with Dragged Under who's, you know, not only one of my favorite bands in the world, but, um, you know, a band that's doing really well in the industry and we're, we're, uh, they're getting ready to do another album right now and, and doing really well. Got a bunch of cool tours coming up. They're killing it. I love managing a band. That's like my favorite, which mm -hmm. honestly all four of the bands I work with dead American Royal Tusk dragged under and the undertaking are quite possibly my four favorite bands. That's awesome. <laughs> it's really cool. that's like good. all of my favorite parts of, of, uh, you know, heavy music, they kind of hit hit out of the park with each one of those chapters. So check out all four of those bands. You're going to love them. Hell yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad that you love who you work with because if you like hated one of them, I kind of, that kind of sucks. You're kind of stuck with them. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, get to, to play in this band and do a couple other things. So, you know, managing, it takes a lot of time and, and I'm a dad and I run a studio and I do a bunch of other stuff. So 
um, I have the luxury of getting to work with, with only bands that I really believe in and, mm -hmm. and good people to work with too. A bunch of good guys and all those bands. Mm -hmm. Don't tell them I said that though. We won't. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, so how do you think your experience in bands has helped like with your management? Oh, it's invaluable. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the bands I'm working with are, are younger and, and doing a lot of things for the first time or just kind of like getting to level two or level three. Um, and it's stuff that I've been fortunate enough to have gone through on my own and, and on my own journey and working for other bands. So yeah, that's been huge. I mean, I, I love taking a band that's kind of never been on tour before and, and getting everything ready, you know, getting the van ready and practicing the set and making sure we're not going to go over our time. And um, yeah, so, so kind of everything, I mean, from the development side all the way up to, you know, supporting really big tours and and bands trucking it and doing well at radio um i really enjoy all of it it's uh having been in a band has given me all the information that that i could ever want and if i don't know the answer which i oftentimes don't you know i just call one of my friends from from the last 15 years of doing this so i'm very lucky that's good very happy to hear that again <laughs> Uh, so are there any new projects for the used coming up? Are you guys working on anything? Are you writing? Is there anything in the work? Uh, you know, we've kind of just been chilling this whole pandemic, you know, we're spread out all over the world. We're in, in different continents and stuff like that. So, um, I know that we're trying to get back to doing shows as soon as possible. So I think that's kind of the, the next thing that is on the horizon. Um, and hopefully we hear more about that. I don't know. I just want to do something. I'm in your same boat. I want to do stuff for you guys too. So like, um, are you just kind of kept in the dark here and they just kind yeah. of tell you, right? Like you find out hey, when the announcement goes not, out or. I mean, yeah. just don't have much going on. It's, it's, it's so tough when, uh, you know, we, without being in the same room ever, it gets real tough, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I know everyone's dealing with that right now. And we found all these creative ways and, and, you know, using zoom and, and all this fun stuff, but it gets a little more complicated, you know, Bert's in Australia and we're on, we're on opposite schedules yeah. and, you know, Different we got time zones. There's, yeah. There's like a million hours spread between from, from where Jeff and Dan and Bert are and all of us. So, you know, once kind of the floodgates open and, and we can get back in a room together, I'm sure we'll get to do everything, you know, play shows, write music, do the whole thing. So stoked that we put a record out a year ago, stoked that people still get to enjoy that. And mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get some fresh stuff coming in the near future. Yeah, it's it would be very devastating if you guys didn't go into the pandemic with like an album recorded and ready to go out because then yeah. you'd just be radio silent for like a year. I know, yeah. we'd be toast. Yeah. Now we're in good shape. We're stoked. Hell yeah. Okay, good. You guys are just taking a well-deserved nap. That's right. I mean, they, they haven't stopped in a million years and yeah. I haven't stopped in a million years in my own right. So it's been been nice to be home for a little bit. A little different, but it's been good. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, so where do you see your management company and the used in the next five years? Ooh, well, hopefully my guys, hopefully all these bands and my homies uh, keep doing their thing. I mean, they're writing great music. So as long as people can connect with it and people like it and there's a there's a nice spot in their lives for these bands, I think there's there's no reason that they can't continue to make art and impact people and and uh, play shows around that stuff. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's what I hope for all of them. I'm, you know, just fighting to make sure that they can continue to make music and and uh fighting for people to to hear it because i know everyone's gonna love the stuff they're doing so um you know i don't have i don't have any sort of set goals for the company or for these bands i just want to see them be as successful as they want to be 
um, and I'll do everything I can to help them there. Um, and then the use, I mean, probably playing a show in Mars within the next <laughs> three years. We'll be headlining over. I don't know Daft Punk reunion. That's what we're doing in. Five I would years. shit my Love pants. Love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're gonna bring out Daft Punk to support us on the Mars tour. I would of course, fucking yeah. lose it. Um, for your management company, are you planning on just kind of keeping it to the four bands, or are you still kind of scouting talent, looking to pick up new bands? Um, I don't have any any uh, rules really. I mean, honestly, that it started with one band that I loved, and you know, I, with no intentions of growing that. I'm now working with four artists, all of mm -hmm. which are full time and crushing it, and they all work really, really hard, and I fit in where I can. So. Um, you know, I think if, if a band resonates with me, I have a hard time not getting involved. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. My wife has told me it's a problem that I have. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, I, I love helping bands and I, I didn't have a ton of help when I was really young. Um, so when I get behind something that I think is, is genuine and authentic, then if I can lend a hand, that's, that's where I like to fit in. That's my management company. I'm not, I'm not here to change anyone's life. I'm just here to help you know kind of guide you know mm -hmm. and stoked to do it hell yeah mm -hmm. uh so for the last couple of questions we're actually gonna shift away from music if that's okay with you let's shift sick uh, so we're gonna go straight to death row boom Man. so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink Ooh, um there's a there's a pizza restaurant here called upper crust Okay. And it's like my childhood most nostalgic meal. And their lunch special is a slice of pizza and a salad and a soda. And it's the simplest thing. It's my favorite thing in the world. I would definitely have a slice and a salad mm -hmm. and a Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. I love that. That's I making me hungry. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, got to be dinner time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's uh, my death row for sure. Upper crust, number mm -hmm. one lunch special. Go check out Upper Crust if you're in Vista, California. Perfect. Uh, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Whoa, one fiction world? Yes. Yep. Dang, that's a good one. Um, I love, um, oh man, that is so good. Uh, Stumped. This is so tough. I'm now <laughs> in a rabbit hole. Where do you guys live? You tell Peaky me. Peaky Blinders. Dire Wimpy Kid. Dang, those are both so random. They are, yeah. <laughs> Super they are. random. Um, let's see. Uh, I would. Why is that the toughest question anyone's ever asked me? I feel like it's so important to have the right answer. It is, yeah. Will it make it better uh, if I tell you that there isn't a right answer? I know there's not a right answer, but there is for me. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, I would love to be in any future world, even even just straight up like Back to the Future. What is it? Three? Yeah. Or yeah. Bill and Ted. Like, let's jump in a, a phone booth and go party in the future, party in the past. I'm going to mm -hmm. let's go with Bill and Ted. How about that? Okay. I want to party good. with Bill and Ted for a night and go check out all of history. That sounds tight. All right. That sounds pretty cool. We've All never right. gotten that, so thank you. Well, yeah. good. It took me 10 minutes to think of that. So we're good. <laughs> we're good. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Ooh. 
<laughs> well, I would say I would say black is probably my favorite. Okay. But if we're asking my three-year-old daughter, she would say that my favorite color is blue, and she's decided that I can't use anything unless it's blue. So that's like an actual thing in our house. She gets upset about. But black is like, I like black head to toe all the time. Come on. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That's I'm adorable. <laughs> I'm glad your three-year-old daughter is pushing that? you around. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you can't touch that, Dad. That's pink. You can't exactly. touch that. You, you can't touch get the blue it. one. That's mine. Blue thing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Out <gasps> of respect. He runs the house, so. Yeah. Uh, so as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, your ears with awesome music for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh i'm dude thank you guys for having me really appreciate it that was that was fun of course thank you for now this has been joey from the used and we're the good noise podcast